This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Pajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Today with us, we have Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca, as usual. And then from Elite Championship Racing, we have Luis Samasso, John Schweikert, and Michael Kenner. Welcome, guys. Hey, man. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, now let's first talk about uh, the Elite Championship Racing, or better known as ECR. Um, who started this, and and what's kind of the structure and the appeal of this league here? Well, the ECR started, if I'm not mistaken, three or four years ago. And the whole thing actually started back on console. I race, we, uh, the whole iRacing format didn't exist until then. Everybody was racing purely on console. That's how the whole thing started. We had a couple seasons solely on console, guys coming in. Uh, one of the, uh, the creators of the league and our current president is Anthony Titchener, who unfortunately couldn't be here with us. But he's been doing this since the beginning and helped the transition from console to iRacing a couple of years ago. ECR did uh, a season last year on iRacing already, running trucks, running B cars, Xfinity series. And this year we made the leap to full-time Cup series, full-time Xfinity series. And at the middle of the, uh, of the year we decided to go full on and create also the truck series because guys were asking a lot of people love the trucks like the setups and wanted to race so today ecr basically has four series running simultaneously we still have our console series plus the trucks the xfinity and the cup series so our console runs every sunday night Xfinity Series runs Monday nights with a fixed setup for iRacing. Cups will run Tuesday nights with open settings. And the trucks will run on Wednesdays, also with a fixed setting. We have about uh, 55 to 75 drivers, depending if we count uh, everything from console to trucks. Guys running all three series, guys running all four series, depending on the, the time. And we have four or five admins running everything from schedule, results, points, online communication, social media, websites, the whole nine yards. And also driving, running teams, running ECR has a – we try to make everything as – close to the real thing as possible. We know that a lot of leagues, especially on iRacing, they try to format their leagues based on what iRacing will give you in terms of sessions, official races, so you can use the same formats, weather, the whole thing. At ECR, we try to come as close as we can to the real thing. Uh, 
So we developed a payout system using ACR funds that we call it. We have team structure so you can join the league but and then you can choose to either join a team or create your own team just like in real thing. You can have we run both on the Xfinity and the Cup Series, we run real weather based on what the real guys run every Saturday and Sunday. We wait until the green flag drops for the Xfinity and the Cup Series to see what is the weather conditions, if it's cloudy, if it's sunny, track temps, the whole thing, and we simulate that into iRacing. So it gives our guys a little bit of a twist. Guys that are normally running NIS races, AE opens, B fix, the whole thing, they need to deal with that little thing. Interesting, because uh, that is one thing I did notice that in your last race, it was scheduled for a night race, but then you guys ran daytime since Charlotte actually ran the day afterwards. Exactly. It's one of those things that we need. It, it brings a little bit of a work for us admins to make sure that we are on top of the game and don't lose anything. But it's it's one of those things. If it happens in real life, if it changes, it changes for us. So we were a couple of weeks back, we were concerned, I think it was at Dover, that they had that possibility of a, uh, of a hurricane, something that the race, people thought that the race might be even postponed to Monday or Tuesday. Then we're like, okay, what are we going to do? We run on Tuesdays, and then what? So, but normally... We wait, and if they change, we change. And sometimes our attempts are going to be exactly like NIS or A-Opens. Sometimes we can have a 20-degree difference like we had in Dover. iRacing had around 85 degrees of temperature. We ran with 65, which is crazy. There's no way you can have the same setup. Your thing are going to go crazy trying to run the same thing. So it is uh, an awesome twist, and... Both John and Mike that joined the league this year can attest to that. That is not as easy joining a practice, joining a race where you have absolutely no idea how your setup that you've been working on the whole week is going to adjust. So, Yeah, and actually, um, Alan, you you saved me uh, last night because, like you said, Charlotte there was supposed to be a night race and we went today and I just couldn't – I couldn't get a handle on the car after practicing on the night and then and then going today and that, that really uh, – it shoots a curveball at you just like it does in real life, just like Luis said. Yeah, we were good to go running at night, a lot of grip, a lot of speed. All of a sudden, they changed to Sunday, 90 degrees of track temperature. The car was just insane. There was no way we can do this thing. So we had to basically throw everything away, start from scratch. It's crazy. And we have a massive rule book trying to get everybody organized and everybody situated when they join the league so they have to go through an orientation process they have to go through a couple mandatory races and uh, the lower series that we call are the trucks or the xfinity so they can join cup makes things again close to the real thing they you're not going to see a guy just all of a sudden start running on uh uh, the top level of cup series. So that just doesn't happen. The guy needs to go through trucks, Xfinity, win races, make sure that he's competitive, that he can finish, and then he's allowed to be on the cup races. So we, we try to separate, and we are having, for the majority of this year, awesome races. 
They're very, very competitive. You never know who's gonna have, who's gonna come up on top. We have guys that are consistently fast, so that helps the competition. And because we have a team format, you have guys sharing setups between the teams and helping each other during the race. That gives another thing that you normally don't have on official races or NIS unless you have your own team on uh, on separately, but not on a league concept. So. All right, now let's talk a little bit about this uh, uh, virtual money. First of all, does it cost anything for the individual to join up with your league? No, it doesn't. This is one of the things that uh, we can we can say that uh, ECR is a privately funded league, so it doesn't cost anything. We ask that everybody that wants to join, if they can, donate especially iRacing credits to help us fund the sessions because that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on trying to do is being one of the leagues out there that can offer guys practice options. So we pretty much try to have sessions up every day of the week, no matter the series, to so that guys can come in and practice on uh, based on the conditions that we have, either for the trucks, the series, the cup, Xfinity, the whole nine yards. So we ask guys when they join, and this is the the money, uh, the funds that we have. This is the one time where a driver can join the league and he can actually get his own funds as a rookie. If he joins and he donates to the league, that is transferred to iRacing credits. So if he donates to us $20 so we can fund the whole thing and help us out, that gets transformed into a $20 million ECR fund that he can use to buy his own team, buy his own truck, buy his own car, run his operation, do his own thing, even bet money on the side, depending on the races. So that is, and we have payouts for finishes for whoever gets on the pole, who leads most laps. And you can have drivers joining a team, accepting two different types of contracts where he can get a fixed amount per race that he runs or he can have a percentage based on his finish and that all goes into his own ECR account that we're going to have a payout at the end of the year depending on his position for the championship that will be used next year when we start the season and we have everybody starting from scratch, all teams starting brand new, all cars starting brand new, giving our drivers an idea of what he wants to do. I have a ton of ECR funds. Am I going to start my own team, try to get guys to drive with me, get to know a couple of other guys, work with different people? I'm going to do my own thing, have my own one-car team and be on my own, or I'm going to save my money have what I have and just join a team that, that someone wants to start. So it is a, a it's a major undertaking and it takes a little bit of time for guys to basically understand how the whole thing works because it's a lot of information. But once everybody's situated and they understand how it works, it's a blast because then you see guys really understanding the whole concept, wanting to be up top wanting to be in better positions to get more money to get funds to be able to do a lot of things and once you understand how it works it, you really see how close it is to a real thing 
So you can see a guy, a team that has a lot of cars, has a lot of things, how different it is from a single car team that has to do pretty much uh, everything on their own. So when you have three, four, five guys on a team sharing setups, normally those guys are going to be faster. So it's, it's very close. It's very close to real life. It really, really helps. You get that feeling of if I cannot be driving the real thing, this is as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, it actually seems like a big undertaking by you guys for the administrators. And it's also uh, kind of a big undertaking for the guys starting their own teams, too. Um, Mike, uh, why don't you quickly uh, let us know on how you found the UCR. And I know you're a single car team. Uh, kind of tell us your experiences on getting into that, being the team owner. And and how is that going for you? Um, Actually, really well so far. Um, I'm made the chase there um <clears throat> there's a couple of single car teams in the chase i'm one of them and um i can't uh, there's another one but back uh john you can attest to this the iwcr there we're in that league and um of course junior jason k miller um alan and my other teammate uh we were in the iwcr we ran on friday nights and it was really it was really cool to begin with when we first got in there real competitive and you know just a, a fun league to, to run with, <clears throat> but a, they would run a different track than what NASCAR was scheduled versus ECR. They run the schedule that NASCAR runs and, and a lot of other leagues do too, but the, the, the IWCR was different. They ran like, you know, Charlotte when we'd be at Talladega or they'd, you know, so you had that one more setup that you had to work on versus all the work that everybody puts in NIS and a opens and whatnot. <clears throat> so, you know, that was one thing to kind of kind of deal with. But then a, just a bunch of, you know, drama and things like that, favoritism. And so um, Jason and I were both kind of like, you know, we're, we're going to you know back out of here. We're not going to run another season. They were only <clears throat> how many how many uh, race seasons were they, John? They're 12. No, not yeah, they were tw- 12 week race seasons. And I think we ran like three of them a year, something like that. Yeah. So, it, you know, at the end of the season, both uh, Jason and I were before the end of the season because everything was happening and just the racing went downhill. A lot of arguing and whatnot. We just said, well, we're not going to we're not going to run for another season. So we both kind of just started searching around. And um, on Facebook, there's a um, I, I racing leagues, I think, is one um, page that group that I check out. And I kept seeing this advertisement or, or postings from this. ECR and it just looked cool the things they were doing and I uh contacted um Anthony Fitchner I believe it was and uh they brought me into a team speak to talk to me kind of like an interview which was cool and then they had they said well you got to read the rule book you know read the rule book and then we're going to have a series of questions for you and I I looked that was the first time I looked at the rule book I was like holy crap man (laughs) (laughs) I gotta you know print this out before I go into this test that they're going to give me but um i got to talking to the guys on sort of a just you know um a casual setting like you like you said before alan not um i didn't feel like i was at a job interview or anything like that we were talking about football and we were talking about you know this and that and the other thing so i felt pretty comfortable and then they um couple or guy took me off in my own team speak and asked me the questions on the uh the test questions I passed that. I was told I was good to go. And I ran a couple races uh, in Xfinity, I believe it was. Um, uh, 
Stephen Massey, I believe it was, picked me up, which I appreciated, and uh, let me drive for him in the Xfinity Series for you know a certain amount of races. I think it was three or four, and then we discussed contract, you know, negotiations and whatnot. And you know, a little bit in there, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Just the uh, like Luis said, the the ownership and you know driving for a team and you know things like that. It, it is about the closest you can get to to real life. So then, uh, of course, Alan, you and I are part of One Up Motorsports, and um, as far as sharing setups and stuff like that, we because uh, of Tyler Hudson being in the Peak Antifreeze Series, that's kind of a no-no. But I did want to run Cup. Well, I had some offers coming through this and that. And I, I didn't really take any. It was I was waiting, and I said, man, I don't want to, you know, ruin um, my relationship with one-up either. But this is an awesome league that I want to, you know, get into cup with. So they uh, actually gave me a loan at the beginning of the season to start my own team on cup series. Now, the condition of that loan is, um, of course, I get my race winnings and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. At the end of the season, I have to pay that loan back. So I may go from, I, I think right now my loan is uh, fifteen million or something like that. I do believe, isn't it, Luis, or something? Yes, you sir. Know. Yes, sir. And, fifteen million ECR funds. Yep. So at the end of the year, um, at the end of the chase here, I'm going to have to pay back what I'm owed to the. And actually, John tried to get me a bet to bet some ECR funds on a on a um, Badgers and Ohio State game. I was going <laughs> to bet on it. And I, I thought about it a little bit. I was like, "Oh damn, I, I got a, I got a loan I got to pay off. I better not risk nothing." I texted him back. I said, "No, I better not. I got a loan I got to pay off. I don't want to, I don't want to risk anything." But, but that's pretty much it. That's how I got. And I'll tell you, I've been, it, it's been great ever since. That's good, uh, John. Why don't you just give us a, a rundown on how you discovered the ECR and, uh, and what's your team makeup and uh, how you doing? Um, I was in the league with, uh, with Mike Kenner and just things were, things were good in the beginning. They fell off the bandwagon and I, I think Kenner told me about this league and, uh, some of the other guys I raced with, we looked into it and, you know, the big, the big drawback on the other league was, um, you would run different, you know, if you want to run like competitive in the, with the big boys, you got to run the same thing they're running. So, you know, if they're at Charlotte and the, the main NASCARs at Charlotte and you're geared up for Charlotte, that's where you want to run. That league that we were in would go run like Martinsville. So it's like so much work just in it. Well, this league follows exactly NASCAR, which follows exactly what I racing. So we looked into it, checked it out and uh, love the structure, love the funds. I'm um, they're clear cut and straight, you know, there, there's no crap. If you want it straight in the middle and to not deal with any, you know, drama, this is definitely the place. Exactly. So, um, so basically here, uh, ECR, I came in, um, you have two options. You can either, you know, start with nothing and work your way up, or you could donate and get some funds and do your own race thing. Well, I thought, I want to see how hard it is to start from the bottom and just be a driver and work your way up. And, uh, uh I'm up to like 14 million now, but um, in the cup side, I I'm a one car team. One guy owns the team. He doesn't race at all in the cup. He just uh, he just funds it, and I just go out there and run. And uh, in the nationwide, I'm part of a, a another team. So I just kind of wanted a different perspective, other than owning a team and dealing with all that stuff. I just wanted to come in and drive and get to know people and uh, 
when you're here at ECR, after a while, it almost becomes more of like a family atmosphere, you know. Obviously, on the track, that all goes out the window. You race each other hard and stuff. But, man, off the track, you get to know a lot of these guys, and you, you chat, you text, you have a good time. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good atmosphere. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been watching Mike's videos, and uh, so I've been watching, you know, from that point of view, and it seemed like it was quite a nice league, and you know, and then I would I would see on the Facebook stuff about the payouts, and you guys would have a bunch of stuff um, about it, you know, just and so it really looked like a, it was a real nice put together. Nice put together league, I have to admit. Uh, Luis, you guys did a wonderful job on this thing. Um, yeah, I, got, I wanted to say that Facebook work you guys do is exceptional. And I see Anthony's work everywhere. And I'm in all these different iRacing groups. And there's a real Facebook community amongst the iRacing. And Anthony is like embedded in all this stuff. And you <laughs> see the ECR everywhere and it, it's good information i like to follow it i bet you guys are having a chase and i follow it just to enjoy reading the post and the the you know race recaps and stuff like that and i'm not even in the league but it sure sounds exciting yeah, this is it's one of the things that we try to do because it's part of our recruitment also like we know that a lot of people go to especially facebook nowadays is their main source for one information to share knowledge so you see setup exchanges you see paint exchanges you see the whole thing so it's part of our uh, efforts to not only put ecr's name out there but everybody that wants to race with us can see it and can look at it and don't have to be going like crazy trying to go on forums trying to go everywhere like where is uh, where can i find a good league that i don't have to worry about all the nonsense that have to happen on official races right that i can just come in i know exactly when the races are going to be i know the format i know the rules i know who's going to be there i know what happens if i miss a race if i'm there if i win if i don't the whole nine yards so this is and blasting out on facebook everything that we do it's part of that strategy and it took us a while to get organized the way that we wanted, and because of that, we missed a couple of the races. But starting next week, uh, on the second week of the second round of the chase, we're going to be partnering up with Max PTV, probably one of the biggest and well-known uh, iRacing broadcasters out there today on YouTube. Uh, so we spoke with Rudy. The Rudy Cummins that, that, that runs and owns Max BTV, and they're going to be broadcasting our final six races of the this year's Cups Chase. So everybody that is listening and, oh, let me check it out. I want to see more. And never had an opportunity to watch a race. Next week, tune in Tuesday, 9.30, Max BTV. You're going to be able to actually enjoy and see what an actual ECR race is all about. What happens, how guys run side by side, very competitive, nose to tail. So this is, it, it took us a while to get there, but now it, things are starting to shape up the way that we want it to. So hopefully this is going to be one of those years that is gonna, everything works out the way it is. By next year, we're going to have the, the format that we wanted with more people that we can actually, have. we said it all along. Our goal is 
for all three series on iRacing that we have more guys wanting to race that the room is capable of hosting. So if we can have a race where we have qualified go or go homers, the whole thing, that's our goal to eventually get to that level, to get to that point. So it's possible. It's possible. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your uh, partnership with Autism Awareness? I'll, I'll, I'll let Mike introduce that topic because he's the one that, that brought this to us. So if he can bring out the, the best yeah, story. Absolutely. Um, of course, we had been in the, I had been in the uh, ECR for a while and the structure and I started to feel um, like you start to know, like John said, you, you start to get to know people and you start to talk on a personal level and things like that. Of course, uh, you know, we, uh, Stephen Massey actually said, you know, it'd be cool to, um, do a autism awareness race or something like that for your granddaughter. Cause everybody knew how passionate it was about that. Of course, Alan, you ran John, that, um, race we had back in April that we raised like $1,400 for autism awareness. Um, and it was called the, um, I race for autism rail in 300 at Atlanta, which John almost won. And, uh, I actually wrecked and brought out the caution, which finished the race, and Adam Benefield won it. But, but uh, it was it was an awesome race. We raised fourteen hundred dollars for the Autism Society, and um, but Stephen Massey was saying, you know, we should do we should do something for that, you know. And I thought, man, that's that's cool. And uh, talking to Anthony and um, he said, yeah, yeah, and Luis and yeah, man, that'd be. And I couldn't believe like the. Uh, effort that went into it you, you know i was expecting just like a you know a quick race you know autism awareness you know with the social media stuff like louise was talking about you know okay get out there and it's and it it was awesome every the paint schemes that came out i couldn't believe what i was seeing there you know the paint schemes that came out every driver had, well louise actually i think you did most of the most of the paint yeah, schemes for yeah everybody. i did 95 percent of them yeah absolutely and i I mean, like I said, I couldn't believe what I was seeing as far as the whole, the whole league was, was buying in on this, um, this something that I was passionate about. And here I am, I'm a rookie. I, I had only started, I had, I had started back in, um, uh, I think you guys were running your, uh, um, oh, your, your all-star race, as a matter of fact, Charlotte. Yep. So I hadn't been in, and I couldn't believe the amount of uh, compassion and, and the amount of work that was going into this. My wife and I were both like, this is, you know, this is unbelievable. And uh, we ran, we ran that race and I had actually won the uh, first Michigan race we were in. And I was hoping to win this one. I, I finished second. I, Anthony went on to win it, but I, I just couldn't believe the support and the, you know, the, the whole league the whole league, not just one or two people having something going on, but the whole league. And, and it was, it was, it was awesome. Mike brought this, this subject to us and uh, we were like, like the guy said, we try to make this environment as friendly as possible to everybody to, because no one will go to a place that they don't, they don't like. So the better the environment, more people want to be there more people want to be there all the time. And we're just gonna grow out of that thing. So, and when we were, when he brought this idea to us, it was like, why not? It's such a, 
one is such an important topic that is not talked about the way it should. The more people getting in contact with this and understand how difficult it is to either live or have someone in your family, friends, that suffers from from something like that, the matter. So why not doing it? We had a blast trying to outdo ourselves with paint scheme ideas, with pictures, with the whole thing. awesome. Posting to everybody, look, look, I'm running the the best looking car on on the race. Look, go go see, check on Facebook. I have more clicks than you did the whole nine yards, and that led uh, a couple weeks ago to uh, an initiative that Mike had been working on separately, uh, also on through through Facebook. The whole thing about trying again raising uh, awareness for autism. So through a page uh, called I, I Raise for Autism. And we decided, he, he brought the idea to us, look, guys, you've been doing such a good job helping me out on this. Don't you guys want to come in as an official partner to what we're trying to do? And we'll go from there trying to raise not only awareness everywhere that we can, and I think now we're going to go even beyond just autism. We're going to go I raise for awareness in general because there are a lot more people out there with a lot of difficult things going on in their life. And the more that we can help talk about raise awareness, just bring attention to it, the better. More people are going to benefit from that. So he said, the moment he said, I would really like you guys to be our partners in this, we said yes right away. So we renamed our chase this year because of the 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 success that we have and also because of uh of what Mike did the, his whole family we re- we rebranded our chase for this year to be the ECR Cup Series Chase for Autism Awareness so this is how everybody's going to be known knowing our chase the champion is going to be uh, the the champion of the ECR Cup for Autism Awareness ever, is going to be branded forever uh, with that name. So. And and let let me um, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on this. And um, you know, uh, of course, Alan, you know, and you know, all of us here know. Um, here, uh, not too long ago, I lost my granddaughter Raylan, which uh, you know that uh, race was done for that was something passionate to me autism and uh because of my granddaughter before it was just a you know it was something you saw man that because nascar does a lot with autism but before it was like a, a, just a word or whatever oh man they got autism. you know it, it didn't even really know anything but then when we were affected with it we it became passionate and that's when we did that race back in april and then of course the ecr did that race at Michigan, which was awesome with the paint schemes and, and, and this and that and the other thing. And then of course, uh, didn't, uh, I lost my granddaughter due to, um, uh, fever seizure, which I, uh, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely the worst day of my entire life. And I have never, ever lost anyone that close. And I, I've, I've lost some close people. And of course, I, you guys all know how close she was, uh, how how much she meant to my wife and I, you know, just by the things we would do and just talk about and, you know, and I got to say that 
when when things happened, um, of course, there's people that I know would be there for me, my family, my friends here. I had no idea the support I would get from the iRacing community, um, you know, ECR especially. But but um, Bradley, hit, the paint scheme started coming in on Facebook. The the sorry uh, the uh, you know um, the IRL Alan they uh, I I got to mention them. I mean there there are so many people I want to thank and and I just can't that made that made it uh, you know that just said that they were thinking about us and. The thing that's so special to me and all of Raylan's family is we don't know each other. We haven't met each other in person, of course. I know the IRL does that meetup they just did a week ago or whatever, but we don't know each other in person. And it, it's it, it's unbelievable how people came together for this. And I remember with the when remember when Christopher Perryman died and they had that post and everything. And I, I thought. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was cool. I, I said, "Man, look at this. That, that's that's pretty cool." And there were there was other things too, like the autism awareness race, where you know there was a bunch of donations made, and, and you know, guys, it was just an awesome cause and people coming together. But it really didn't hit me until this had happened, and like I say, posts and 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 messages and and cards and flowers from the iRacing community. That meant so much to me because, like I say, the, these aren't people that I would expect to be expect to be there. I would have come back to iRacing a week later and done our thing, and not even looked at anybody on iRacing. You, any of you guys, or anyone else, differently because I, I don't know if you know where I'm going with that, but that, that's what it was. Well, then, um, uh, I got I got to mention Bradley Haver. He did my he did my uh, paint scheme that's on my um, Fusion that I'm running now. In, in memory of in, in loving memory of Raylan with her picture on there and I'm sure everybody's seen it and there's even a couple cars I've seen with that with that tag on there I'm, I mean I owe him a lot for that and you know I've run with him quite a while and then Jason you know he's helped me out and of course you Alan I mean all of one up motorsports Tyler he mentioned us there at um, for his Chicago race that ded- dedicated that to you know um, Raylan's family and and everything and it was it was overwhelming, and for me at first it was just me that was overwhelmed, and then as the my the rest of the family was seeing these things come through with the paint schemes, which were unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't see some, I I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was seeing, and you know, I, I, it would bring a smile to your face at a, at a point in your life you you can't think you can get any sadder or it, it can't get any worse, and those are the things that meant so much. And then the ECR did what they did with, uh, they went and invaded route. Um, max speed TV had a, uh, special race on Saturday celebrating their subscribers. He had a thousand, a thousand subscribers. So they were giving away, you know, prizes and, um, uh, ECR went in there with these Cadillacs and they just, <laughs> they invaded it with, yeah, we had just, 12 guys with the same yeah. paint scheme. All dedicated to to my granddaughter. All right. <laughs> and I actually I had to work. I wanted to race so bad, but I had to work that Saturday. But I start. I, we were watching it when I got home, and and it, it was emotional for us. And then the ECR said any race winnings, you know, is going to Raylan's family for uh, funeral expenses. And actually, I I posted a picture of her um, um, headstone that 
you know, we're going to be getting. So, but I mean, who, who does that? I mean, people, you know, who does it? And I came in in the middle of the season. I mean, that's better. You, you meet people here in person and you, you don't even know if you get to know them in this amount of time. You know what I mean? That that's what meant so much and it. And it touched us and it, it really, it, I, it, it really did a lot for our family. I mean, it, it really did that. Um, the, the iRacing community and, and, you know, it's, it, it meant a lot to us. It really did. I, I mean, and now, like I say, the, like uh, Louis said, the ECR, the ECR chase for autism awareness, it, just everything that was done, we couldn't believe what we were seeing. We could, and, and these are from people that you wouldn't expect it. And that's what made it so special. That's what, that's what is helping us through this thing. And I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm not a believer in, um, different things or, or whatever. I don't know. But my wife would always say, there's a moth that must be Joel Raylan's dad, or there's a, there's a penny, you know, that must be um, my mom. And I would just kind of roll my eyes to myself because I didn't, I, I've never been through anything like that. I didn't want to hurt her feelings or maybe, you know, maybe that makes her feel better or who am I for that matter to, to discredit that. So I just kept them things to myself. Well, then these things started blowing up from the iRacing community, ECR especially. I, I mean, all these things were coming through, and then the iRace for Autism page, that thing blew up. I only had, I only had like 30 likes on there or something like that. It was, Luis. And then it seemed like one or two days later, it was over 100 likes. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And my wife is like, you know, because Rail In, as, as you guys know, um, her and I, it was she was a bigger race fan as I was, and I, I I know a couple of you guys saw the YouTube video where she's dancing in front of the TV at Watkins Glen, and she did that. You know, she came over on Tuesdays. She would come over to the house. Nothing would bother me on Tuesday. She'd come over to the house, and Tuesdays I'd take her upstairs. Her and I would hang out for a few hours while my wife um, was finishing up her daycare. She'd close the daycare at about seven o'clock or so, and you know. Ray had Ray and I had spent a couple hours together. Well, then my wife would have dinner, and then she'd get Ray in her pajamas and get ready to settle down. While well, my wife is a a big fan of watching my stream, she would watch it, and Ray would be there just hanging out with her, and she'd be like, "There's Papa, there's Papa," and Ray would go dance in front of the TV. And uh, then Saturday, she would come over and spend the night, and Sunday morning afternoon Raya and I would watch the race together she'd hang out with Papa watching the race and then my wife would take her home so this Tuesday night after Raylan had passed became real special to me and that's because of my wife I gotta thank her for it because um the next I, I had actually messaged I, Luis and Anthony and and said that I I had asked them um can somebody drive my car or something like that to get my points because I had made the chase. And, uh, of course, being the structured league that they are, they said, you know, no, unfortunately, you know, maybe a starting park or something like that, but nobody can drive your car for you. And, uh, and, and I understood that I, I didn't, I didn't know. That's why I asked. And, um, you know, and that was fine. Well, then my wife, Celia, she says, you know, you, you love that, that, you know, you should, you should run it. Maybe it's, maybe it'll be a nice distraction for you for just a little bit. And so then I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll run it. It was at Chicago and I posted that I was going to run and I was pretty quiet. And, but 
for the hour and a half, guys, I was kind of distracted. I mean, it was still there, but I was, you know, distracted. And after the race, I thought, okay, you know, that, that, that was, that felt pretty good versus what I've been dealing with for the, you know, and, um, then right after that, all these things came pouring in that I just mentioned, it was coming in one after another, everything. And it was overwhelming. And suddenly this championship on Tuesday nights became severely important to me and something that it means something versus, I mean, we're all here to have fun. This is the closest we'll get to, you know, driving a race car or whatever, but this is, it actually means something to me because she would be here at the house on Tuesday nights. And, you know, I know she'd be up there, you know, there's Papa, there's Papa. She'd be answering. So if things come down, you know, I could about imagine. And my wife actually made the statement. She says, well, because I, uh, I, I never believed none of that stuff about the moth and the penny, but I, I firmly believe it's something making me feel better through what we're doing, which is eye racing or, and because it was associated with my granddaughter so much, you know, and I don't, that's, that, that's how I feel about that. And don't forget uh Dover. You just made it, just made it in the chase. That I, too. I, I, well, <laughs> I don't know if, um, Alan, you probably have seen it, but mm-hmm. we were we were running Dover in the EC, and like I say, this this championship became very important to me. More, I think this championship mo- means more to me than um, the the real Sprint Cup championship means to Kevin Harvick, and and I say that with true honesty. Um, we were running at Dover, and I was comfortably fifth, I think, in the points. It was our elimination race, of course. And I, I figured, well, if I finish top 10, I'm going to be safe. I didn't really do all the math and exactly figure out no matter what I do, you know, no matter what anybody else does, I have to finish here. But I figured top 10, okay. Well, I got running through the race and throughout the race, I found myself not even trying. I found myself up in top 10 and then uh, hitting the top five, you know, and the car's feeling good and, and, I, I, I said, man, I, I think I can, I, I think I got I think I'm good. Well, of course, John here, he's the first one to ever have Raylan's picture on his car. And that was back in that, um, that, um, first annual, yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, he, he ran her pit. He was the first one to do it, you know, and I seen that. And then Bradley, he did me up a paint scheme. I, I just thought it was awesome. Somebody had my granddaughter on their car and he almost won it. And well, as soon as John heard the news, I seen the post. He said, I'm running Raylan's car for the chase, you know, through for the, for at Chicago. And that was first race of the chase. Well, he tried at Chicago. It didn't happen. Something happened. Then New Hampshire, he spun out, went to the back. So here's John Schweikert at Dover leading the race. And, um, you know, I felt like I had a car that could win. So I, I started, I shouldn't have, but I started pushing a little bit and I lost it in the corner and I wrecked and I don't know. I completely, I've wrecked before and got mad, but I've never felt like I did there because I thought it was gone. I, I, I did. I thought it was gone and cautions fell and it, it, it seemed, I went and I watched the race just a couple of days ago. I watched the race. It was unbelievable how the cautions fell. And I was, I, the car was damaged. The front end was caved in and I only had 30 seconds of required damage and like three minutes of, uh, optional so 
we got cautions and I actually, John was leading the race. He put me a lap down and I was, after I wrecked, I don't know if you noticed the difference, but I was pretty silent after I, after I wrecked. Um, cause I, I mean, the, the winds were knocked out of my sails, you know, and, uh, John went a lap down or I went a lap down by John and he just about caught the next guy. I believe he did. I kept thinking he's going to catch the next guy. And then I'm, I am really screwed. Cause I'm not the lucky dog anymore. Well, Mark Figueroa ended up wrecking who was the guy ahead of me. He should have been the lucky dog, but he wrecked and that gave me the lucky dog. And that was the turning point right there. I got the rest of my damage fixed after a bunch of cautions and, uh, was able to come back and finish 11th and I got lucky on that. I, I should have been down, but to top it all, to top it all off the last few laps. And they were talking that it was over because ECR doesn't do the, you know, one lap shootout. Um, the, the, the race is over when the caution comes out and, uh, I'm sitting there and J John knew it was over. I knew it was over, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, your internet's going to go out because this is <laughs> my granddaughter's on the car and, this is the first win because he, it meant a lot. And, um, once, once that checkered flag come out and he, he, he won the race with, with rail in on there and I made the, I made the, the next round. I'll tell you, it was, I, uh, I was pretty shook up. I was pretty choked there. Great story. That, that was that picture that I put in the chat, but, uh, Basically, after the win, you know, I mean, I I tried so hard to represent, you know, Raylan's car, you know, after everything that we went through um, with racing on iRacing and doing that thing that uh, as soon as I crossed the line, you know, I'm, I'm starting to break down here for Kenner a little bit, tears in my eyes and going around. I said, I'm going to go ahead and, and go backwards for it. So I'm just cruising around backwards and I'm like, you know, Kenner, go start, go stop at the start finish line. I'll meet you there, man. And he's over there just all choked up and, and half, you know. It was, it was just it was a hell of a moment and I'm just so damn thankful that uh that I could be there for you man it it, it meant a lot to me too it that's, did that's so cool it's a neat, such a neat story that really this is a sport this is a community a family and why you just outlined it right there absolutely i i mean i we were just it, we were overwhelmed and there was i'm going to tell you there i have friends and family that I would have looked in the past and said, I know they'll be there for me. And there, there are certain friends and family that weren't even there. And these, these people that we interact with on a weekly basis and whatnot, it, it came together and just, I'll tell you, it, it really helped. And I, I got to tell you this, there is, um, uh, rail ends, other grandma and grandpa and her aunt on the other side of the family, her aunt uh, commented, she watched that race on Saturday and she, she mentioned, she says, I don't watch car racing, but you know, this and that and the other, she said it was, it was awesome. You know? So, you know, a lot of people, this, this means something to them. It, it's, it's, it, uh, it goes to your heart. It's not just a game or whatever. And like I say, we're all here for fun, but we do talk to each other about what we do at work and about, you know, the kids and, and this and that, you start to get to know each other on a personal level, even though we haven't met in person. And it, it, it just, it meant a lot to me that these people that I wouldn't expect that from just did so much, you know? Yep. I, I, I know, uh, for the, for time's sake, uh, we should probably move on though. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody that wants to know more about that story, want to know more about ECR, come check us out. ECRleague.com. Check us for ECR underscore league on Facebook. And watch Max BTV next Tuesday night at 9.30 to watch one of the races. If you want to come, check us out. Please feel free. That would be the next six Tuesday nights, correct? Yes. We started Kansas, so we're going to do Kansas, Dega, Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix, and Miami. So the, the final race is the, the conclusion of this year's championship. You guys are going to be able to watch full. So it's, we're planning on putting on a show for everybody. So a lot of good paint schemes, a lot of cars, a lot of competition, a lot of stories. So if you like good racing, if you like good fun, come check us out. It's going to be a blast. All right. Uh, let's move on to the NIS. I'm not sure if everyone races in it. I know Mike does. I know John does. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Dover and uh, kind of how we felt, how the how the NIS races went uh, for the Dover week. Uh, Ellis, why don't you kind of say a little bit? Well, bad week for me. Uh, drop week uh, with only 67 points in the open. Uh, same as the spring race. It was also a drop week there, too. Uh, I don't know what I need to do different, but Dover is just not my track. Yeah, it seems to be John's track. John, do you run the NIS as much? Yeah, yeah, I sure do. How'd you do at Dover? Uh, I'm pulling up my career stats. I thought I did pretty well. Give me just a second here. I'll pull it on up. Dover was Dover was a lot of fun. I remember running it, and uh, I was really, really fast short run. I mean, like, unbelievably fast short run. But I died on the long run because with this new build, you know, just came out right before Dover, uh, you really got man's tires. Like you can go out there and just burn them up. And then all of a sudden, you know, you may have pulled out three, four seconds on somebody, but, uh, you know, about 20 laps later, here they come just steamroll you. Yeah. Fall off is just way big. Okay. Uh, NIS I did, I finished seventh. No, that was, I'm sorry. That was, uh, yeah, that's NIS. I finished seventh. Started 28th. Not bad. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. You seem to be running pretty well. Um, yeah, I thought the I actually thought the Dover racing was pretty decent this time around compared to some of the other uh, times that we run the NIS Dover. Um, for the most part, it it seemed to be that with the new dynamic tracks, it, you know, with the tire fall off, and we'll talk a little bit about tire wear uh, later. Um, but uh, with the new tire fall off, it just seems to be that people are. Not as wild anymore, especially at a place like like Dover was, you know, to me. Um, and there isn't just that one line anymore. You can try different things, and um, and so I actually I thought Dover was pretty good, even though uh, in the open setup I I was uh, kind of weirdly taken out. Um, what happened was is that uh, Cameron Key was uh, got involved in some real bad net code accident, <laughs> real bad. He was probably at least uh, a good 10 feet behind the car when it uh, apparently he hit it, apparently. And uh, so he kind of rolled down uh, near pit road um, exit and uh, kind of a little bit kind of behind the wall. Um, didn't really see him. And then Ken Worley, which we all know Ken. Ken, uh, Ken lost it coming out of, uh, out of uh, two there, I believe. And 
So I went low to uh, to duck away from him, and then right before Cameron Key was able to escape out to go back into the pits, apparently I hit him. <laughs> so I I didn't I didn't really see him until last minute, and there he was, and holy cow, and and uh, so that kind of ruined my race. But uh, that was some real bad net code. I went back and took a look at it, real bad. Now, did you guys notice, you know, with this new dynamic track, it does lay rubber down. Did you guys notice that the car would change pretty good the longer that the race went on, especially out of four and two where the track actually, it really got black in the split that I was in, in four and two, or yeah, four and two, the exits mainly, it got really dark. Yeah, it did. Um, But uh, I'm still looking for marbles. Has anybody seen marbles? No. No. You you really got to get up to like 70, 80% to really start seeing yeah. a lot of marbles. Yeah, we ran a test session once just to make sure that that thing was actually working. And we had to set it up starting the race with around 80. And halfway through, then we could see not only the track, like John said, extremely black on uh, on the exits where the cars just sliding, the tires are being like used to, to the maximum, but up that actual on a 70-80%, that's when you're going to see the marbles. And then you notice, actually, when you go outside the line and you try to keep speed, if that thing hasn't been working, if guys were not going through that thing to clean it up, that's when you're you're really going to see it. But... Yeah. Uh, how did everyone do with uh, Charlotte? Killed me. Uh, the tire fall off. Of, you know, I can't manage the tires, and uh, with long green runs, I'm just toast. So, it was yeah, another I, bad week. I had the same issue with the tire wear. Got real tight off four, and just pancaked the wall and took myself out. Running in the top ten. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if it's with everybody, and I'm pretty sure this has to do with setups and the way that you're going to set up your car. The whole thing. It used to be, at least for my driving style, every time that I had a car being tight, I was going to destroy the right front just because that's the way that I drive. After this new build came out, I don't know why, and in my head, I set up the car the same way. Instead of the right front, my right rear gets like dismantled. 10, 15 laps in, my right rear starts to slide like butter. I don't know why. I don't know if anybody else noticed this thing or if it's just the way that I set up cars and the way that I drive. But it changed also the way that your car is falling out. What are you used to to be a concern now? You need to pretty much reverse the whole thing. You know, I would agree that... You know, most of the time when you're setting up cars and you're you're working on it, a lot of times you're looking at that right front and seeing how badly you're wearing that right front. And now it, it does seem to be more that you're looking at the right rear in conjunction with the right front. And you are focused a lot more on that right rear than you were before. I would I would definitely agree with that. Uh, my two teammates, uh, I had three in, in that NIS race, the 1-1, one, one, uh, 86 laps led and won it. Keegan did, and then Matt finished six, ran up there the whole time. I didn't run Charlotte, but I did a lot of practice. And then in turn, when we went to the ECR race, setting up for night, just like you know NISNA, was feeling really confident. We switch over today, threw me for a loop because I knew what it would do at night. It would you know start tightening up or 
you know, tighten up a lot as the run went on. We go to day and ECR. I put so much rotation with that front arm symmetry because it, it was, it was really tight immediately that 25 laps into the race, we were still running green. It was so loose. It was wrecking. It just kept getting looser and looser and looser. I was like, man, I'm just going to have to pit. And I said that as I went into one, I'm like, man, I'm just going to have to pit. Well, coming out too, I just, I destroyed the wall. I destroyed one of the chasers and I felt so bad. It just, this new build just throws you for a loop. Yeah, I actually, I liked it. Charlotte was actually my favorite. Um, I used uh, my own setup for Charlotte and uh, something that uh, none of my teammates used. And um, so I ran Friday and Sunday in the open. And uh, Friday, I, I noticed that after about 20 laps, I can, I can start passing people pretty much at will. It was, it was just really coming in. And Sunday, uh, I got really lucky. I think, and Mike, you were in the race. I think we had a caution around lap 70. Yeah. And um, uh, oh. actually, Ellis, Ellis was in the race. Oh. And um, and then there was, and then we had our next caution about lap 118. And so there were nice long runs there. And by the time we were at 118, I was in first place. And so. Then when we had uh, our restart, you know, I was able to get out to a little bit of lead, but then three guys caught up to me, so I let them go, figuring that, you know what, I'll just run them down later. And so then I ran down the third-place guy. The first two guys pit, actually, before I was able to get them, and uh, then none of them were able to catch me by the end of the race. So I actually had another victory, which I feel awfully, awfully good about. Yeah. Yeah, congrats on that. Great, great win. Yep, and so then that's the setup I shared with Mike because I knew it was a little bit tighter than what uh, the rest of our teammates were working on. And, and it did, uh, it worked good for me. Yeah, it was it was one of those uh, setups where you know, you're not going to be the real fast guy at the beginning, but you'll be the fast guy <laughs> twenty. That's, that's actually what exactly what happened. We didn't have that many. We only had uh, oh, I don't know in our ECR race, maybe two or three cautions. I can't even. Remember. It wasn't many. We had them green flag runs, and I was I was getting blasted on the on the starts, and then it seemed fifteen twenty laps. You'd start reeling them back in. So yeah, it it, it was working good. Yeah, and so. What do you guys do to try to manage your tire wear? I know, Mike, I think it's you You, you will self-admit, Mike Ellis here, you'll self-admit that you're not very good at saving tires. I'm the worst. I'm the worst out there, I guarantee you. There's 32 drivers. I'm 32nd on saving tires. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and you know what? I'm really fast in the for 10 laps. But, you know, when like you said, when you hit that 10-lap mark, uh, you know, everyone just pulls away from me. I don't know. You know, I'm just doing it wrong. Hell, I couldn't even figure that out at all at Charlotte. I was one of the best cars on a long run at the beginning of the race, but near the end, I just forgot how to save tires or forgot what I'm even doing. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you, what do you guys do to save your tires? What's your strategy? Well, with this new build, uh, like you were talking about earlier, it's no longer one line. So, before it was one line everybody had to get the one line and if you drifted up like a half lane and tried to drive in just a little bit straighter and then had that rotation to save that right front somebody would dive it underneath you instantly i mean i'm not talking but a half car length you know three just a car length at the most now 
you can go in straighter, car length up, have that rotation, and it doesn't affect you. People can't just jam it in there right away unless they way bomb the corner. So I've been kind of running my line for the first couple laps until it spaces out a little bit, and then I might either start backing up the corner just a little bit, half car length here or so, and just move up and drive straighter to save that right front and try not to tear it up. That's what I've kind of been doing. Yeah, pretty much the same thing here. If you don't, this is... The, the the dynamic track with the way that you're setting up the car until guys like I said until you get a get a grip on how you need to do it to basically even elbow front and back. If you don't back up, if you don't change the way that you're driving, you know what you need to do in terms of a lap for you to do a hot lap for you to be extremely fast if you want to pull away. But if you don't back off the corners, if you don't lift a little bit off the throttle, if you don't even be like careful what you're doing with your steering wheel, that thing is just going to be destroyed. Especially in, in tracks where we see the, the tire wear being a, a critical issue. And we saw that because we ran almost 20 degrees hotter than most guys were running. So we really saw the effects of the dynamic track and the wear on the on the tires. We were driving around like a nice the thing was we were skating around it was crazy to see 20 laps in everybody half throttle through the through the corner just praying to god that the car was not going to slide and uh, but you had to do it and if you don't and it goes from guys to guys you have guys that they just cannot they see one guy going faster they want to go with so if you don't put that mental thing that i need to back off get off the gas lift Otherwise, you're not going to be able to save your tires for 30, 40 laps. You're done. You, you right. need to change the way you drive. Yeah, and you got to do it from the beginning of the run. You, it isn't like the decision yep, exactly. you can make halfway through and go, oh, now I'm yeah. going to save my tires. You, yeah, already, you, can. you already shot them. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, yeah, that's basically the strategy I was doing. Matter of fact, you guys all know turn one at that Charlotte and you got that little hill. I was actually yeah. lifting before the little hill. Same here. Same here. Uh, in the EC ECR, I said that I put too much rotation in. I actually had my car set up. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't the correct line, but turn one and two, I would run right around the top. And it was fast. I mean, I was competitive with everybody. Uh was able to hold my own, actually make time on some people. But uh, in the end, it kept getting looser, looser, looser. It cost me. See, you were too fast. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So, but even with the fixed setup too, is just it's the same type of thing. You gotta, um, you know, just uh, take it easy on your tires in the in the first part of the run, just so you can have something at the end. Otherwise, as you know, with the fixed setup, they purposely set them up tight so everyone uh, can try to race them. I guess. Right. And yeah, I, so, I really want to see what this thing's gonna happen in Miami because that is one track that we know that you can run high, mid, and low depending on how you set up. I think that's the track that we're – because we're going to get to that thing, everybody already knowing a little bit about how to behave. That's going to be one hell of a week. Uh, until then, I don't think we're going to see that this week. I don't think we're going to see that in Talladega. The, maybe Texas depending on a little bit and the, the two short ones. But – Miami is going to be the one that we're really going to see this thing in full effect with everybody understanding how to drive, how to set up, and used to the track that's going to be changing. That week's going to be like for iRacing, for everybody that's enjoying this thing, I think that's going to be the, the turning point. 
Yeah. Um, and what do you guys think about Kansas? I know everyone's trying to ride that top line so far. And, and you know, tonight's the fix. Last night wasn't open. And you, you see in the forum post, you know, when someone, you know, they start that Kansas forum post and someone puts a train in. Um, well, ain't everyone, that the truth? Well, if, if everyone's riding the top line and let's say you're the the eighth car in the train, what happens if the second car derails? Good luck. Pass Pray. them all. Pass them all. <laughs> you know, so so that's kind of my thing, and it's actually a strategy I'm going to be starting here tonight. Is that um, I'm not going to run that top lane until it's near the end of the race. And, ah, you know, I was almost I was going to say something, but I didn't want to give it away on you because you were talking about that last night. I yep. saw you running last night, Alan. You were running the middle all night. Me? Didn't you do it on a Monday too? Yeah, Monday. yeah, Monday I ran the yeah Monday I basically ran the the middle and yeah for fixed it was actually working pretty good if you ask me yeah it was you passed me there at the end hey Al, yep. you want a you want a tip you want a, you want a little a little friendly tip this will be for everyone but go ahead okay last night you I I'm I'm sure you're familiar with dirt track aren't you uh yeah okay well last night I was pulling some dirt track and slide jobs. Not like brutal, but uh, you basically just go in there in the middle and, and lift, you know, four car lengths later than them. <laughs> They're either going to pass you on the bottom when you get in front or run you over. Yeah, you just slide right up. Yeah, that's how yep. the passes have to be done. And you know what? Track position was huge last night at Kansas because there was just no passing. I yeah. knew the guy behind me was faster, but he couldn't get by. Well, especially at, at the at the end of the race, is, to me, is actually when you do it. You're going to be up front, and, or you're going to ride the high line and say, good luck to everyone behind me, you know? Yeah. But at the beginning of the race, I just, I really don't want to kill my front end by running into someone because they hit the wall or because they hit the wall coming out of two or, or whatever the situation is. So I'll run the middle, you know, and be able to prepare to dive down when I need to. But... uh I certainly won't be up there with what I would call the the crazies up there next to the wall at the beginning of the race. Yeah, they're the right behind each other. That's what you're talking about. Like oh, literally. Well, hooked. yeah. Well, yeah. For example, let's say let's say there's a, a a second from the the guy that's in front of me. I'll run the high line. That's fine. But I will not be right behind someone. I mean, that's with my Kansas races in the past. That's how I've been taken out, was someone hitting the wall, and I'm having to be right behind them. So I'm right. just kind of tired of it. It is hard to turn down. When you're up there, somebody hits that wall, you you have no time to turn down to avoid them, yeah. really, if you're that close. So, um, but, yeah, I did see some slide jobs, and uh, I did watch one of the streams from uh, Joshua Justice. And, Mike, you did a nice slide job on him on one of the races. I did. I got a top five last night. Uh Wow, I don't. I'm very impressed with that. Very happy. Yep. So, anyways, uh, Kansas is actually. Uh, uh, I like the track. It's just for i racing right now, with still the high line. It's just a kind of a difficult track. I, um, with the people slamming the wall. And by the way, Joshua Justice probably hit the wall 20 times last night. <laughs> so he did pretty good. Um, so anyway, uh, that's NIS. Well, we'll go over in, in some upcoming show on who's leading the points and stuff. I believe Chuck Sweeney's up on open and I don't probably Michael Abrams still unfixed. Yes. 
no yep, change so there. No change, and there probably won't be for a while. Um, so let's, uh, in the interest of time here, let's just kind of move down. I just want to uh, just say uh, real quickly, and then I'll let Mike uh, cover whatever he wants to cover here. But um, last uh, Wednesday before the before the Charlotte race, so Wednesday night, um, my wife surprised me with a brand new wheel. Yay! All yep. right. Oh hell! And was yep. it really a surprise, or did you? Uh, it was a complete surprise until I actually brought the box in from the house, and then I was kind of thinking, "This, this is about wheel size here." <laughs> so, and then so then I, you know, so then did I she had get a, the right one. Yes, she did. Awesome. Um, it was it was one that I was uh, planning to get some sometime, and uh, and she ended up uh, getting it for me, which is the Thrustmaster T three hundred RS. Oh hell, sweet! Yep. That's awesome. And so I, I moved from the uh, the Logitech DFGT, which um, I'm now going to call a toy. I moved from the toy to an actual decent wheel where it has some great feeling. And so far, I've had uh, great finishes with it, a seventh, a sixth, and a first. And so let's, uh, let's hope this type of stuff keeps on going on. But anyways, I would suggest for anybody looking for a wheel, it's still, I think it's the best bang for the buck. It's uh, $400. Is it a wider diameter wheel? Um, maybe a little bit, you know, yeah, maybe a little bit, but it feels heavy compared to the toy. Right. What's and, the name of it? Excuse me? What was the name of it? It's the Thrustmaster T300 RS. Oh, I'm looking here at, uh, Inside Sim Racing, apparently you can fit different rims to it. Yep, you can put different rims on it and nice. stuff, but, uh. The force feedback is a is a lot better. It's a lot smoother. It's one of those uh, brushless motors type of type of deal. Doesn't have the doesn't have the gears, so it's a belt motor actually. And um, I'm just telling you what a difference. And you know, I've I never had a G27 or G25, so I really don't know what they feel like. But if they're anything like the DFGT, it's a toy. And this is just a major step up from that. Um, and uh, and it's still reasonably priced, I think. So, anyway, uh, just want to let people know it's a great wheel. <laughs> so, no more uh, broken paddles. You have to reach in to press the button, too. Uh, that is correct. No more broken paddles. These things have like real decent paddles. Well, one thing it doesn't have is it doesn't have the shifter that the DFGT has. And so, um, I did have to make the switch to be able to shift with my paddles, but luckily I've done enough road racing where it isn't that big of a deal to uh, remember to do that um but uh i do kind of miss the shifter a little bit so i might end up getting one of those i'm just not sure about it so anyway i just want to let everyone know my excitement over my new wheel Hell um, yeah. all right <laughs> all right uh mr ellis what else do you want to add to this week's show uh just some news and notes we'll go over briefly uh there were a couple builds uh released october 2nd october 8th uh, to address what they call the, the super grip bug. So it actually got a name. We talked about this on the last episode, uh, but there was a certain thing where you enter the room at a certain time, like two minutes before green or something, it would give you super grip. Uh, but they fixed it, and that was October 2nd. October 8th, they fixed a different bug uh, where <clears throat> they would basically give different uh, temp temperatures to different people 
uh, in the same qualifying session, resulting in some people having faster lap times. So that got addressed. Uh, so iRacing has been very busy. Um, then they got one more bug they called the Team Racing Ping Bug. And basically uh, what that was is when you're in a team race, uh, everyone's view of the sim would be based on your the teammate with the worst ping, if that makes sense. So if so one I, guy I, on your so team had a real junior. bad ping, then everyone would see the jumping around. So I can blame Junior for our last race, is what you're right. saying. <laughs> all right, but that's been fixed. So, uh, kudos to iRacing on getting all those bugs fixed. Um, some of those were were definitely, you know, showstoppers as they as they say in the coding world. Um, the next thing I wanted to say is, hey, it's that time of year when people start talking about the road to pro on the oval side, and where should that be drawn from? Uh, a lot of discussions going on in the forums about that. I kind of laugh out loud about it because. Uh, I think it needs to be with the NIS, as I've always stated. Uh, but now it's currently a fixed, I believe, season one and two. A, a open. open, right? So uh, I don't think CI racing changing it, uh, but everyone has an opinion. It's kind of funny to read. First, they need to make the NIS an A series. Well, uh, last time they did it, they actually had like Monza on the schedule, and you know, come on, Monza. Right. <laughs> I was one of those guys that ran NIS, and I missed uh, I missed road to, I missed pro by like three spots, and I was the, one of the bigger advocates. We need to go back to the ten week deal with two drops, blah blah blah. Well, now I've changed my tone because it's like when you go back to the ten week, it's just an all out go, and everybody does. When, they, when you get in those situations, people drive a little bit more stupid than they should, but it's even more chaotic when it's just a 10-week season. I think they should go back to the to the NIS because it does eliminate a lot of the – you're going to have people that stick through it the whole time. You know, you might be able to miss a race or two for vacations or whatnot, but you, you, to me, I think it needs to be back to that schedule. Just it's It's more endurance and it shows commitment, and then you have people that – They'll show up for a little bit, and then they'll disappear, and it really weeds a lot of people out. Yeah, I personally think that any series that runs every two hours should not be a road to pro. Exactly. There you, bingo. Yeah, so, I, and John, you know, you're right on with, with what I think, too. Uh, I think the long 36-week season, hey, you know, you're really going to show some racecraft if you excel through that, so... Well, I think it was 26 weeks, and then after, then it was like two weeks off where they got everything together, and then it was, what, 10 right. weeks of pro, something like that? Oh, yeah, and I still don't mind if they do the 26 weeks for the pro, right? but the, but, the, but leave the open still continue to run through the 36 races. Right, let everyone else finish off. And... Yep. And no big deal, just cut the points off, say we're, you know, top 10 after 26 weeks. All right. Well, we'll see what iRacing does. I don't expect any changes. Uh, next up was, hey, the iRacing YouTube channel we talked about last time has been very busy. They've been showing all kinds of stuff, including league races uh, from other leagues and uh, road racing, oval racing. Uh, it's gone crazy. And uh, Finally. Check it out. Finally. Should have been doing this all along. Oh, yeah. And it uh, certainly makes sense. And uh, um Okay, so the next one is uh, another touching story about the iRacing community. 
much like uh, what Michael Kenner was talking about earlier. Uh, this time, it's a, uh, a fellow iRacer named James Petty, who's one of the leaders in the painting community. His wife basically took to the iRacing forums and asked for help, and they started up a GoFundMe, and it's taken off. And, uh, you know, we've seen these GoFundMes before, and we've talked about them on the show. And in all those cases, everybody sees right through that stuff, and nobody gives them any money. But in this case, it's a real need. The guy has some medical issues, and uh, the iRacing community has really stepped up um, and help this guy a lot. Um, the GoFundMe is currently over ten thousand um, dollars. Wow! Yeah, and it's most. And from what I can tell, it's all iRacing community that's donated this. That's awesome. It is awesome to see. Uh, you know, this guy and has some real need. He's touched a lot of people in the uh, community. He's always there to help if you have a painting uh, emergency, so to speak. Um, and he'll, you know, give you a paint or help you with a paint if you need one. So uh, it's really neat to see the community uh, give back like this. Um, this guy needed it really bad. And it just seemed to strike a chord uh, at the right time with everybody. And and the, the giving has been really high. So uh, kudos to the entire community for helping this guy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up is, uh, <clears throat> wow, this is what I've been kind of hoping for for some time, but IndyCar, the real IndyCar, Verizon IndyCar, has joined forces with the 16th Street League uh, of IndyCar on iRacing and basically have joined with Racer Magazine, and they're putting on races now with, you know, obviously iRacers from our community, but real IndyCar drivers participating as well. They ran an event last night. Uh, Simon Paginaw was in the event, I understand, uh, but ended up wrecking and finishing some laps down. But um, a very exciting broadcast on the IndyCar YouTube page with several thousand views. So we're not talking just about iRacers watching iRacers. We're getting some real crossovers, some real race fans. They're going to do this uh, every Tuesday night uh, for the next few weeks, and um, boy, this is a great way to try to break uh, break out in some marketing. Absolutely, that's that's a that, you, you can see everything growing just in the amount of time I've been here. You can see it. You can see everything growing to the um, um, other than like you said, Mike. Just the iRacing community. It there's a lot of stuff out there where you can click on something and oh, what's this? And he never see iRacing before and like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, it that's a good way to grow. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're expecting other IndyCar drivers to compete. Will Power, Sage Karam, and Sebastian Saavedra have all expressed interest. So uh, Tim Holgate uh, won the race last night at Phoenix. Um, and so check that out on Tuesday nights. Uh, and, you know, it was really neat to see on Twitter this morning uh, – racer.com covering this like it's real racing well it is real racing but they're covering it and uh boy you know this exposure is just huge right here so kudos to iRacing and especially the 16th street racing league uh from what i understand this league uh contacted indycar directly and really kind of brokered this deal you know outside of iRacing so that's amazing that's awesome that's amazing 
Uh, moving on uh, to hardware, um, we talked about uh, Alan's new wheel. Um, a couple other mm -hmm. hardware notes. Yeah. Um, software side. There's a new uh, dashboard kind of thing out uh, called Pro Racing Web. You can find it at dash.proracing.club. And I've been experimenting with this. It is free software. Uh, pretty cool. You can check temperatures. You can do fuel. You can have gauges. It does a lot of different things. The neat thing I like about it is you can not only uh, broadcast this on an internal network, but externally as well. So if you have a crew chief uh, crew chiefing your car, he could use this software and you could stream the data to him at his location somewhere else. And he could see these gauges, these dashes and so forth. Uh, really neat. Uh, I haven't tried the external part. I've been experimenting with the internal network stuff. But uh, hey, it works good. Uh, it doesn't work on iOS devices. Uh, Jose, you experimented with it a bit. What do you think? Um, it, it works at times. Um, there is a little bit of buggy at times. I found uh, it disconnects from the server and it stops transmitting the information from uh, that you're using up to the, the, the web server on the other side. Uh, but that was but it is IOS, working. Right? It's pretty accurate. I do like the... Uh, well, no, with iOS, it's not working at all. I'm, this basically is working with a, a laptop. Right. But with the iOS, it, it will not work um, one bit for some reason. I don't know why, but it's, it's, it has to do something with, uh, with the ports and the IP assignment. I don't know why, but it, it, there's a conflict with the, with the port assignment in iOS, and it just doesn't want to connect. It doesn't retrieve the information. Right. But uh, check it out. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, and if you're looking for dashboard kind of software, uh, you, you should check it out. It is new. It's dash.proracing.club. The next thing I want to uh, bring up here is uh, one of our fellow iRacers, Paul Ilbrink from Benelux Club, has resurrected his old iRacing AutoJoin Chrome script. And back in the day, like before the summer, when they changed the website up, uh, they had a, you could install the script into Chrome and it would provide a little checkbox to auto-join the session when the time came. So you wouldn't have to be there and click join. Right. I loved it. I, I lived on that thing. And so it quit working when they did the, the summer updates and now he's resurrected and he published a new version of it. It works like a charm. I've tried it for the last two or three days. Check it out on the forums. Uh, search iRacing AutoJoin. Uh, just so that you know, Mike, he does have a version that works with Firefox as well uh, in conjunction with Grease Monkey. Okay, so, uh, yeah, for your favorite browser. All right. Hey, fellas, I, I really hate to jump out of this podcast in the middle, but uh, I have a prior commitment to run this 830, so I appreciate you having me on tonight. Yep, thank you, John. Yeah, that's actually the end of the, the list there, Alan, so yep. uh, let's wrap it up. All right, uh, I'm going to kind of wrap this up kind of quick. Um, everyone knows where you can check us out. It's all this iRacers Lounge stuff, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, blah, blah, blah. Um, but otherwise, uh, I just want to uh, thank you guys from the ECR. It sounds like a wonderful league. You guys are doing some wonderful stuff, and um, 
to hope for your continued success. And uh, Mr. Kinner, I know you're traveling to Kansas to go see the real races. Yes. Hell yeah. So have some fun. Awesome. Go get it. My wife and I both need it, just like a, like a reset, you know? Yep. Understand. And uh, so if, I, if anybody else got anything last to say, let's kind of wrap it up. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to be here, to let everybody know about what we're doing. And once again, come check us out, come join us. And especially this off season, we plan on doing a lot of special races for non-members, for people that want to just have a good time with us, follow our structure, the whole thing. So please stay tuned. We're going to continue to blast social media, Facebook, the whole nine yards, invite everybody that wants to come in for good, clean fun. Please check us out at ecrleague.com. Thank you guys for a lot for the opportunity for being here. And this is one of those amazing vehicles that a lot of people listen to. So please, please keep up the good work. This is really amazing to be a part of. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to Thank say you. thanks, Mike and Carlos. It was a fun. And Alan, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and hope to get to chat with you again sometime. Yep, we will. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. And um, I just, to the whole iRacing community, is it. Uh, Everything everybody did for my family. I mean, uh, you know, we we can't thank you enough. And like I say, is it just isn't Michael Kinner, the guy you see on the track, that everybody helped out and you know brightened the day. It's it's the entire family, which is so many people, and and a lot of you guys were there when our when our own friends and family. A lot of them, a lot of them weren't. Uh, that that really meant a lot. And as far as the uh, I race for autism page. Um, keep your eyes peeled. There's going to be some, you know, some big stuff coming. It's, it's going to go deeper than that. So um, uh, I got a, I got a, I got a really strong passion for, for uh, things to come there. So but thanks for having me. Yep. All right. Uh, that is the end of the show. Thank you very much. See ya. Good night guys. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.